You're listening to High Radio with Miss Abba. Hi. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back again. You are listening to High Radio, the voice of the next generation. Coming to you live from the city of Amsterdam. Right about 7 p.m. it is. And you're tuning in with your host, Miss Abba. About that time for Africa Unfocused. But first, let me tell you where to find us as you are getting into it. You can download the High Radio app via the Google App Store just to listen to my show. Or you can simply visit our website, www.high-radio.net. Or you can find us on TuneIn. For the people who still are on the blogs, the Ghana blogs, you can find me on streamer.com, modernghana.com, ghanawaves.com, and ghanaweb.com. I'm on good vibes only today. <laughs> As you can see and hear, people that are live on Facebook, make sure that you watch my live recap and the live tuning in as well because you can watch me live on Facebook and our name on the social media is at high radio NL same thing goes for Instagram same thing goes for YouTube Twitter make sure you find us on there before we're getting into it Africa unfocus the place where we have people who are making an impact. Listening to Africa Unfocus, I must say that I feel extra special uh, because I have people tuning in. I don't think I have had so many people tuning in and watching. Um, and I'm going to give a shout out to those people in a bit. But first, I announce that uh, we have a segment on the show every week, which is called Africans on the Move. And Africans on the Move covers uh, and invites people who are doing something major, impactful, innovative, and influential. I get to talk to people who are on the move onto something great. And what they do is always dependent on, obviously, what they are doing exactly. And today I have, in theme of female empowerment, I have a special lady who is an author. She is responsible of a children's book that is yet to be launched and she is also a lady behind a very influential platform discussing issues that have not been addressed by African people. So if you want to know what these issues is, make sure that you listen in the coming minutes because we are talking to her. And that special guest that I have with me is Romaina. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm finding you. I'm very good. Now your last name is, I get a French vibe to it. Tiende Brigo. Tiende Brigo. Okay, that is yes. something else. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's from Burkina Faso. My dad's from Burkina Faso. But I always say I've been blessed with two dads. I've been ad adopted mm -hmm. by my other dad. He's been in my life since I was three. Mm -hmm. And that's the banjo. Banjo. Let me pronounce it properly. He's Nigerian. Is he? So, All right, banjo. Yeah, yeah, banjo. That's how you pronounce it. Please, if I'm... Yeah, banjo. <laughs> and the other one is Tiende. Tiende Biego. So that's my biological father. He's from Burkina Faso. Tiende Biego. It means remember tomorrow. And, it, and you know the meaning. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I have to practice it, 
but I absolutely love it. You made sure I don't I didn't pronounce it French. That is so <laughs> offensive <laughs> to the African side of the name. My apologies. <laughs> nice to have you on the show. How was your Sunday? Oh, my Sunday was calm. Well, no, that's a bit of a lie. It wasn't really calm, but I'm cool. I'm You're calm cool. now. Yeah. All right. Come <laughs> coming from UK. Yeah. Did you come today? No, I came Thursday. Oh, right. Thursday, yeah. So you had some time to relax. Exactly. Some Again, time to catch up with friends and family. Yeah. So yeah. That's most important. I believe that's important to even like ease your mind. I know. And get it all together. Absolutely. It is, it is really. So I have many important reasons why I have you on the show, mm -hmm. but our listeners still would like to know uh, who is Romina? Who is Romina? I would say um, Romina is a African strong woman. Yeah. I'm a mother, mm -hmm. I'm a partner, I'm mm -hmm. a sister, mm -hmm. I'm a cousin, and I stand for what's right. So mm -hmm. that's basically me in a nutshell. In a nutshell, you yeah. stand for what's right, regardless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it. And um, you stand for what's right. What is your educational background? What do you do in your weekdays let me put well, it that in way my weekdays now in uk i just got accepted to um the university of london to congratulations study you. wow yeah, to study psychology so mm -hmm. right up my lane so that's basically what i'm pushing myself into i hadn't been that serious with my educational background back then but entering like a new phase in life and stuff i just want to finish my school and have a paper behind everything I'm about to do. Yeah. Yeah. All, so what made you uh, move to, okay, getting the education finally? Oh, well, I feel like I know for myself, I could say for myself, I feel like I'm a very intelligent woman. And I think that has more to do with like life experiences and stuff and just reading, being very, I love reading. I love researching. Yeah. But being somebody that wants to help people, mm -hmm. it's another thing to be like, to know things um, based on life experience, but I just felt the need to have a degree behind it. So people will not only trust me, but medically as well. Oh, yeah. So I can actually help them instead of just advising, I can actually give them the medical care they might need. Gotcha. So that, yeah. So that's why I had a, I need a degree. Yeah. <laughs> so you're now pursuing that, which I is am. amazing because yeah. also being a mommy, that is great. Congratulations again. <laughs> and um, while you're now based in the UK, where are you from? Where did you grow up? How is the sequence of your life and your movements? How did that go? <laughs> oh, let's see. Where um, I live in the UK now, as you said. I was born in Germany mm -hmm. and moved to the Netherlands by the age of five. And I've basically been here till three years ago. And I was raised in a Ghanaian Nigerian household. So that's basically it. I've been I've been honestly I've been in one building in Amsterdam Southeast since I came here. Like really? one flat till I went to UK. <laughs> so everyone in school might still know where my house is. So it hasn't been much of moving. And yeah, that's basically it. Mm. Yeah. So coming from Germany, then to Netherlands, yeah, and now to, and UK. Now to UK. Yeah. yeah. May I ask why UK? Oh, that's a good question. Why UK? I felt I, I felt that I needed a change, and I wanted to be I wanted to go back out there. But I think I I didn't really want to go out of the box, out of the box, if you get what I mean. So I just decided. Well, UK is somewhere my family live, my siblings live there, my parents live there. They don't live in London, but they're in UK. So I just assumed. Well, I've been there several times. I yeah. feel like the education 
it's really good over there at least the motivation of the kids the way they're motivated to finish school that was something different for me going there and actually seeing black um, entrepreneurs of my age was very refreshing to see people really ambitious trying to make something out of their lives so i felt like i needed to tap into that energy mm -hmm. so i decided why not let me just go you were just like let me move yeah it was really honestly i called most of my friends three weeks three weeks before and i was like i'm leaving okay yeah <laughs> that sounds really determined yeah <laughs> and speaking about the educational background because i always speak about this to the people that come here mm -hmm. um we all have experiences quite common the struggles mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. fitting in True. trying to reach for the stars True. you know while um the majority is saying well you can't how was your experience here going to school with well, that well let's just say my experience um being in living in amsterdam southeast coming there for me school wasn't the most fun place for me mm -hmm. um getting there i do have like obviously as kids you make friends and when you grow up and when you enter like this whole adulthood puberty teenage stuff you start realizing things and i think the hardest thing for me at school was the being teased you were teased oh, yeah being teased i think terrible. that was the hardest thing for me and especially for me being it from people that are of the same skin color as me being called a monkey and stuff and a smelly fish and stuff that is crazy I took that really hard i really i like i really took that really hard because i think in that moment i was already struggling with um myself as a child gotcha like a sad child already mm -hmm. so coming into like a world where you think like okay well at least they look like me and they're basically telling you well you might look like us but we're superior yeah and you're not that special you know so it just adds on to your, your insecurity as a child so i think those were the hardest moments for me growing up so it, i would say it scarred me to a very later stage in life i kind of carried it along and then you have the rebellious states yeah. and everything goes along and knowing that you're so you could become something educational because I know for a fact I knew everything that we were studying. Mm -hmm. I was at the top of my class, but mm -hmm. I let just I let um, emotions run over, and then I just started living my life anyhow. So I would say school here. Besides that, I, I still have my school friends that I'm hanging out with till this day, but I didn't really experience school the way I felt like I should have. I think that's something I actually still miss. Really on a high motivated yeah. level is what you would say. Yeah. It's not, and it's different. Like I said, in UK, I, I don't really feel like I was being motivated. Mm -hmm. Also, mm -hmm. it's more like, okay, well, um, your advice would be MBO or like, they'll just give you something even with yeah. the Cito Toots and you're just like, and nobody actually has the background knowledge to back you up. So yeah. when you go to your parents, they're like, well, you're not doing hard enough, but yeah. That's what they gave me, and then I just have to settle with it, knowing that I'm much higher than what they advised me to have. So, Got it. Yeah. yeah. Settling for something that is beneath you, as Settling you would say. A lot. Yeah. I would, would say that. Definitely uh, an experience that a lot of guests yeah. have here. Yeah. And how was the cultural differences being in a Nigerian Ghanaian home and then coming to a Dutch environment? How was how was that managing all of that? 
that wasn't hard at all. Like living in Amsterdam Southeast in Krynes, <laughs> that wasn't a problem. It was more if you see some some a Caucasian person, you will feel like they're out of place. Uh, all right, the <laughs> other way around. It, is, it was really the other way around. We had like so many different cultures here. We still have so many different cultures here. So mm -hmm. it was never. We had like three white children in the class in the school, and to us, we were like, "Well, why are you coming to school here?" Like, <laughs> yeah. What are you doing here? Yeah, what happened? So there was no problem culturally at mm -hmm. all. It, it, obviously, as an African, because you have the Caribbeans and then you have the Africans. They were more like, okay, so you're African and then you have like the bokus and the, your house must stink, those petty stuff. Yeah. But I think at a older age, it just became, yeah, we're black. <laughs> That's it. You accepted it yeah. and knew where you were, where yeah. you were standing. That is great. So tell us about um, your book, because one thing that I've observed uh, from you is that every now and then uh, a story comes up, yeah. pops up on my on my timeline, <laughs> and uh, I see a uh, or I see a cartoon figure, as I would say, mm -hmm. uh, who has a name and who has True. a story and some True. background info, True. and coming from you, and um, I would like to know what is that about? That's the cartoon she keeps seeing. I think the one you saw first was of a black girl with afro hair in a yellow dress with kente african print on it well that's something i'm working on called aquaba adra and friends hmm. yeah so um what it's about it's basically it's gonna become my initial um goal is for it to become an animation cartoon for kids where kids in an educational and fun way learn more about their background and culture while being in western worlds um, you have so many other platforms. You have Dora the Explorer. She's originally for the Latins. So in the UK, she teaches them Latin words mixed with English. So I felt like I feel really <laughs> that as well. Like there's different countries to come from, um, to learn from. And that was my, yeah, that was what I felt like I needed to do. I draw a quadrant, I draw a quadrant, friend, sorry. Yeah. That's my daughter's name is Adra. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was suggested by my partner because the initial name was Sai Sai's World. Her first name is Syrah. Yeah. And she always watches these YouTube cartoons, um, these nursery rhymes. And I remember one day I was like, oh, if I hear another nursery rhyme, I'm getting sick of the melody and everything. Um, don't they have anything more cultural? And I remember, I think I posted something like that on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I had people commenting, well, why don't you do it? One of one of the people actually inboxed me that why don't you do it really yeah he inboxed me did Jordan, he Jordan did, Chase did Thank he know you. know you or something yeah 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 we're just friends and he's a DJ Jordan Chase he's a G mm. DJ so he commented and was like well I could help you with the beats and stuff if you want something more cultural we could do that hit me up and then he inboxed me he sent me a message and was like well why don't you do it and I was thinking I was like oh, you're right here I am complaining why don't I do it <laughs> And that's how the ball started rolling. And I felt like looking at my child and her being so happy seeing those nursery rhymes, wouldn't it be more better if she actually saw people that looked like her? And that was, mm. the, that was the goal. I just needed her to be proud of her Yeah, as a black child. Okay, so what you lacked was uh, a cartoon that people keep watching every time yeah. that can relate exactly. to her as to... As to how she looks like yes. and things. Yes. Ah, I see. That is that is good. So starting that based on an encouragement you got from 
Gordon Chase. Yeah. Um, what was the next step? Well, the next step to me, <clears throat> excuse me, I felt like, okay, this is good. And multiple people, I started like asking, okay, who knows this? Who knows somebody that, who does animations? I just wanted to keep the ball rolling. Yeah. I had some reactions, producers and stuff. And my cousins have these um, events they um, they do called NIFO. They had barbecues. So one of those barbecues mm -hmm. I attended. And an old friend of mine who I used to do radio with, Philly David is his name. We were just talking and he asked me a question. He was like, I remember you wanted to write a book. So how is that going? And I was like, okay, I'm putting that in the background. I'm actually thinking of this, but I'm looking for somebody who does animations and stuff. And he just looked at me and was like, well, here I am. I do animations. I have my own company. He does? He does. He does design. And I just looked at him. I was like, oh my God, thank you, God. My praise are answered. Yeah. I took his number. We had a first meeting and it just clicked. Everything I said, he was able to put on paper and just bring it to life. Mm. So that I feel like it was divine timing everything just fell into place and it started rolling from there amazing yeah so for people that are uh, on uh, the facebook live i'll just drop a link to aqua um let me put it right aqua Adra and friends <laughs> i even had a tongue i was gonna say that. aqua oh. i was like oh no oh. don't say a word <laughs> let make sure you get it right I see. So mm -hmm. I dropped the link in the in the comment box so that you can have a look as to what it looks like. Yeah. So if I am to be correct, it's not in the phase of being a book yet. Well, not yet. Um, like I said, that was my initial um mm -hmm. idea. And then Philly and I started talking about it, and it was like, you know, the production of an animation to get everything around it, it takes a while. A lot of work. It, it's a lot of work. So he told me to keep people focused on this what's the perfect way to keep them because people might forget or anything but to keep them like oh aquaba drum might come or this what's the best way and then i came up i said maybe a book so that's how he told me to start writing stories and stuff so we have act eight characters from different um, backgrounds. Yeah, I see Omar. Yeah, that's all kinds a Moroccan of... character. <laughs> we have a Somali character, Surinamese, Curacao, Ghanaian, Nigerian, mm -hmm. Congolese. We have all these characters and they're gonna be teaching children um, with nursery rhymes from their own country as well and from words from their background. So you say something in English or in Dutch and they will repeat it in their own language and you'll start learning shapes that way, colors, animals. I mean, I feel like we need that. We need that for the kids. The kids need that. The moms need that. Got it. So if I, uh, if I get it right, the book is uh, coming out. Yes. The cartoon will be coming out as well. Exactly. But the story has already started. Yes. Uh, there are already personalities you can get to know. Exactly. Engage with in yes. a way. Yes. Interactively on uh, on Facebook. Yes. Because I'm seeing South African characters, yeah. Suriname, Curacao. Yeah. Uh, everything relating to color. True. Uh, what made you select the nationalities of these characters? Those are the nationalities I was one familiar with. And some are those that I've really been interested in. Um, the South African one, I've already, I've always had this connection to South Africa. And I feel like when it comes to other African countries like Egypt, where you can find lots of history there as well. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to countries like Jamaica and stuff, I feel like they already have, they're known. 
Yeah. They have they they even have cartoons like when we talk about Jamaica, Egypt, you hear a lot of things about them, but mm-hmm. you don't hear a lot about South Africa in a childlike way to me, especially in no, the Western. Yeah. You're right. And I felt like, okay, I've always been curious about these countries as well, and these are countries familiar to me. This is my first project, so it's very important for me to start from from the base. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, let me study these countries. Let me start with the countries I know. As a Ghanaian, trust me that I even had to redo research on Ghana as well. There's so many things I found out that I even didn't know. So I had to do research about Ghana. I had to do research about Nigeria. I was raised in a Nigerian household. But even then, I had to start asking questions. And I learned so much in this period of time. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so excited for everything to come out. For sharing this story and then specifically for kids. For kids. That's my main goal. So yeah. which age group are you looking at? From two to six. Two to six. Yeah. So that is in the phase of uh, learning language. Learning, exactly. And um, what what else is important with this target group? Well, this are, I've, for instance, for me, as growing up, like I said, I, I've lived here since I was five. Yeah. And every time I remember there, there were all the, always these commercials where you see kids playing and you always see white kids playing and they'll have the best of times with the families and stuff. And as a child, I think people are not really, they don't realize it. But as a child, these images already shape you because in my mind, I felt already felt like, well, my hair is, it's hard. Why is it my hair like that? I just felt like I could just hop in the shower get out, have my hair wet and everything. And it created an image. Subconsciously, it really creates an image, making you feel like, okay, well, maybe my futures aren't futures to be happy about because I barely see myself on TV being happy. And it shapes your self-esteem and everything. So to me, the the most important thing for me is for kids to not really recognize themselves, but mm-hmm. to know that we are just perfect. There is nothing abnormal about us or we're not any different we're not in a in a group we're not to be boxed you might be white i'm black i'm just a bit fairer but we're all human race so i feel like if you shape that if you instill that Mm -hmm. in a child at a very young age yeah the sky is the limit when they grow up confidence is is the the basic to me totally agree yeah totally agree about that so uh in short why why did you specifically chose for kids and not in teen teenagers because I feel like it starts with that age. It does start with that age. That's the beginning. That's that's when you start sensing things. That's mm-hmm. when you start trying to see what your limit is. Like, my daughter is not trying to test me with things like... Really? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> testing your patient. Yeah. I saw last time she uh, did Picasso I on know. your washing machine. You see, all these things. And it's for a parent. It's when you get to guide them to tell them, that okay, this is fine or this isn't fine. You get to kind of help them grow into mm-hmm. themselves. So that's why I feel like that's the perfect age mm-hmm. to start with because that's the beginning. Mm-hmm. And when you create these kids with the confidence and with the knowledge they have, it doesn't matter where they live, they'll always have a piece of home with them yeah. and a boost of confidence. So when you're entering the teens, you can always take that with you. You grow up with it. That's why I feel like that's why I chose that age. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, this whole book and putting things together, what do you uh, what do you hope to achieve within the coming years? Tell us. Ooh, within this year, within one year, I hope. Let me just speak it into existence. I will be having my first book launch, and then within the next year, mm-hmm. the first episode 
to the animation. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want to achieve. Eventually merchandise. Mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah, lots of merchandise. Party, party stuff so that somebody can celebrate her birthday as Adra or as Omar <laughs> or as Gyo. And uh, that's what I'm planning to achieve in the next, let me just say roughly the next three years. In the next three years. Yes. And it'd be actually being global because we don't only need it here. We need it in the UK. We need it in the US. Even in Africa itself, it's needed. Most definitely. Yeah. With so for it going global within three years. Well, we're going for that. Yeah. <laughs> and that is a book, uh, one of uh, a way you're being influential and sharing a story. Mm -hmm. uh, I love the creativity to it. Uh, another thing that I've noticed from you is another way you're being influential and hey. sharing a story <laughs> online is uh, recently uh, you started a group yeah. um, called uh, Sagely Spoken. True. And um, the group is just growing for some reason. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about what that group is? Well, Sagely um, Spoken is a subgroup um, for Through the Eyes of Sage. That was something I've been working on for a while. That was um, to create, to build a bridge between the younger generation of African families and the older generation. Because in my perspective, communication is way left in our community. And we still have this, I'm older, so, and you're little, so what I say goes and your feelings, yeah, you just deal with it or don't deal with it at all. So through the eyes of Sage, is something I started then. The meaning of Through the Eyes of Sage is my daughter's third name is Sage, which means wisdom. Mm -hmm. So it has two meaning through her eyes. After I had her, I saw things so differently. I could, I was able to see it from the mother-daughter perspective, even though she didn't do much, but I, I was able to understand. And also it's Through the Eyes of Wisdom because you mm -hmm. gain wisdom in life. Yeah. So there was something that was brought to everyone's attention recently. And that was a story about sexual abuse. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. That has been, buzzing. um, yes, very much buzzing. Yeah. Uh, among the Ghanaians everywhere. Mm, yeah. Worldwide. Yes. So it was a very big deal to me because of the communication on Facebook that was going between people. I'm used to everybody having an opinion and everybody's entitled to an opinion. Yeah. But when it comes to certain stuff, I feel you should just lay low, keep quiet. In that moment, I felt like the victims should have been prayed for and just supported. But when you see questions like, well, how did it happen? What did they do? Things that I feel are so invalid have nothing to do with the fact that they were being wronged. I felt I had to stop finding excuses not to start my platform and actually start it mm -hmm. because this sparked um, conversations between the older Ghanaian people as well and the younger because it was a resentment felt from, from, from okay. Yeah, from the younger generation. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so these things go on. Why aren't we protected? Why would a parent react that way? We don't know the story behind it, but I felt like, you see, this is where I feel like I need to do what I feel like I was brought on earth to do. Mm -hmm. And that's to speak my truth. And people will listen and actually try to understand rather than just talk for Facebook likes. That's how I saw it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. And did you feel, how did you feel about the reactions coming from the older people? I, cause I missed that because I was more, um, concerned about the people exactly. that were, that were know, victims. Yeah. How, how was your experience with 
the the older people's opinions. It was hard. It was a hard pillow to um, pill to swallow. There were mixed feelings. She had the majority I heard about this time. So people actually speaking up. If it was me, I would do this. If it was me, I would do this. And to me, that was a bit foreign. And I also, I'm going to be honest, I felt like it's just because this thing w went viral that people are trying to like save themselves. But what I've mm -hmm. experienced before this was actually such a buzzing topic mm -hmm. is parents actually um, not really saying much. Mm -hmm. And I think it's maybe out of shame or not knowing how to deal with it. They just don't know how to react when you come to them and maybe tell them I've been touched inappropriately. So as a child, when you feel like the people that brought you on this globe are not able to protect you. What do you do then? What do you do then? So I felt like it was it was double and it, it just enraged me more for some parents to be like, yeah, but what did they do? What was their what was their relationship actually with that man? Yeah. And well, you see, there's certain clothes you don't wear. Oh, I heard you this and this about this person already. I heard she was already loose or this. And you just listen to these things. That is crazy. That are, those are crazy statements. Crazy statements. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, okay, you see, at this moment, I cannot judge the parents too much because they were raised in an environment where these things are not discussed. Are not talked about They were at not all. talked about. So in a way, I know where they're coming from. So my goal is not to judge them or to point fingers and tell them like, what you did was wrong and we're angry. My goal is to educate them and tell them why it hurts us so much when we don't feel protected by our, by our parents. And I want to open a door for them to be able to say that, okay, Ibiya, my name is Yaya. The reason why I don't know how to react when you come to me and tell me somebody's touch you is because when I went through it, mm -hmm. this is how my parents react. Yeah. reacted. And I don't know how to deal with these stuff. Yeah. I, I don't have the tools. You see, now you've taken the first step. This next step is let's find the tools to talk about this. Let's mm -hmm. find the tools to heal together. And I feel that that's so is essential. So when I heard the grown-ups talking, I felt like this is time. The time is now. It's time to create something whereby so, yeah. tools could be offered. Exactly. People can start yeah. being open about it because that's the first step yeah. uh, that it does. Um, and can, can you explain to us what does the... Because it's, it's on Facebook. It's, it's on Facebook. Group. Yeah, it's an online group named Sagely Spoken. So like I said, it's a subgroup and it actually means wisely spoken. So, well, um, I first opened it up oh, and I was like, okay, well... How can I open a group and create awareness, have people talking about this, actually have people talking about this? And then I remember I was like, okay, it's the time. Let me just do this. I've experienced it myself. Mm -hmm. I've been pretty vocal about it before, but I was always told, well, what have you achieved now to be, to be educating people on sexual abuse? Like I was really made to believe that what happened to me was something I should be ashamed of. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to tell me in a way that I brought it to myself mm -hmm. so you don't speak on it. So that's what I started doing. I just didn't speak on it, speak on it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then when being corrected, I'll just go back into my shell. And the way it shaped me growing up, it was so traumatic that lots of my behaviorisms, I know for a fact, came from that. So I just felt like, okay, the best thing for me to do now is mm -hmm. share your story. Mm -hmm. And you saw it. 
some people saw it. And yeah. it was the most emotional thing for me to do. And I couldn't understand why I was being so emotional because it's not something I haven't discussed before. But I think at that moment, it was me stepping into my light, I feel. Mm -hmm. Actually telling people that, hey, I've been a victim. And other victims, it's not your fault. It was never your fault. It doesn't make you less of a human being. You're not dirty. You're not disgusting. You didn't bring this onto yourself. Yeah. Whoever did this to you is the sick person. Don't let he or she hold this power over you and shape you to become some, something you're not. Mm -hmm. And for the people that haven't experienced it, listen, because this is what it does to a person. So when you're in your house mm -hmm. and you feel you just want like 50 Facebook likes and you're like, ha, 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 this, and you're making jokes about these stuff yeah. and you're calling people out their name, you don't know their story. So I felt like I needed to do that. I did it. And the response was crazy. Yeah, because I'm, I'm looking at the group. It's, I think, almost reaching just a bit 2,000 members, well, almost. I think it's almost just what I saw, 900. So that's almost 1,000. Oh. <laughs> and that within a small frame of time. Yeah. Um, I, I, I could think that somebody would be like, oh, if you are a victim of molestation or abuse, an online platform, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But some way or the other, this is working. It is. You can see people sharing their story uh, stories anonymously. True. And also revealed. Yes. Why do you think it's working? The reason why it's working is, like I said, these things, you get conditioned to believe that it's so wrong. Don't speak on it. And to hold such a story within you, you start lashing out. It's like Pandora's box, I always say. You keep building, and it translates in your love life. So you start picking the wrong people, and they treat you exactly the way the first person treated you. It just transcends in everything, in your working place, in your 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 relationship with your parents. And if you're a parent, it could be something that translates in your child's upbringing yeah so speak the first thing is saying it frees you that's what it did for me mm -hmm. nobody could tell me that why are you going to say something like this why are you going to share this with the world um you should be ashamed and what all these things i it's like when as soon as i spoke my truth all those chains were just mm -hmm. it was coming loose and now i had the next step lucky for me mm -hmm. i have been to therapy for this that's good. I have been to therapy for this and I have had like a healing program about it. And that's why I'm able to like speak on it. But all these people now sharing their stories, this is the first step to, mm -hmm. to breaking the bondage. And I feel like they needed that. But what I want to do is I don't just want you to share your story and be like, okay, well, okay, I feel free. Yeah. And not have the tools to work because this takes a long time. And you're, it, it takes a long time to get over. It takes a long time to actually see yourself as the precious human being you actually are. Mm -hmm. You've been scarred to think you're disgusting and that this is what you're only capable to give. Yeah. So I feel like it helps them now. And it's really working because it's people are even connecting amongst themselves. Absolutely. Connecting amongst themselves. They hear a story and they're like, okay, if Anonymous wants to, let mm -hmm. Anonymous contact me. And then you have people coming into contact. And mm -hmm. there's also professionals in the group. So when I feel like, okay, because mental illness is not religion-based, nor is it race-based. Mm -hmm. Mental illness is real. 
But I feel like if anyone, let's just say you have a Christian brother or sister and their aftercare, they want to talk to a psychologist, but they also want to talk to a church leader that should be available as well. When you have people that are into spirituality, if they want to talk to somebody to help them meditate, that should be available as well. And the same thing for Muslims in every walks of life, it should be available because next to medical help, some people actually, for me, the spiritual path was what really helped me. Mm -hmm. And for some people, they just need that in their life, mm -hmm. just that extra hope. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm able. I'm just trying to build a database so that after you tell your story, yeah. we'll be able to evaluate. I always tell them because I'm not a doctor. So I always say, yeah, please go to your doctor, your GP yeah. and see if they can recommend mm -hmm. any psychologist. But these are the steps. These are the next steps to take to emotional freedom, mental, mental freedom, everything. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, that alone is a lot of information and yeah. good for people to know. Yeah that have gone through any sort of abuse in their life true that um that you should join a platform if you never talked about it before yeah. and kind of get an idea as to how to get things started yeah and how to talk about it true um, i think it's good to take on questions from uh, people who are listening i see a lot of people tuning in mm -hmm. a lot of people showing some love uh francis and cairo is saying oh my gosh yes sis so proud of you <laughs> And uh, then we also have Kai Morea is showing some love on the timeline. Hey, Kai. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to listen to uh, a song and we're going to be back to take on questions. Then we'll be rounding it up with our lovely lady, Homaina, mm. who has been talking about her book and also her online platform as regards to people that have gone through abuse. She knows the story. She has shared her story and she's passionate about getting people on board to deal with with everything that comes along with it. True. Uh, but first, we're going to listen to a friend.